Welcome back to Free Basketball on the Chris 901 Podcast Network. This is our second episode on this, although we've been doing this for a long time. And this week, you're in for a special treat because you get an intro to my co-host, one Mr. Cody Holsey. How are you doing off of your Thanksgiving break, sir? Oh, I'm so good. I'm ready to talk about basketball. I'm ready to watch some basketball. I'm ready to work basketball, you know? <laughs> That's what we're here for. The we're free kind. For basketball. Yeah, the free kind. That's why we're free basketball. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you tuned in last week, we thank you for tuning in and hope you are returning because um, we'd like to continue, you know, a listener base and to grow the brand and help out Grizz901 on the way. So as you know, from last week, we're going to be more of a general NBA topic thing at the beginning. And then we get to kind of a Grizz thing at the end. And this this week, we're going to have one thing each for the general NBA that we've kind of noticed that we, we've been wanting to talk to each other about that we haven't been able to yet. Um, so we'll get to one of those, each of our things here in a second. And then we're going to talk about the two opponents that the Grizzlies play this week at the end. One being the Minnesota Timberwolves, they play them on Wednesday. And the other being the Philadelphia 76ers, which they play at home on Friday which is, I think, the first return game for DeAnthony Melton um, and will be the second matchup with ex-Grizzly Kyle Kyle Anderson, but it is Mm -hmm. played in Minnesota. So we'll talk about those teams at the end. But first, let's get into our general NBA stuff. I'm going to go first because I want to throw the podcast off the rails to begin with. And if you listen to us long enough or if you're coming over from the previous feed for free basketball, you know that things can go really off the tracks very quickly for me and Cody when we're Mm -hmm. pinging back and forth about stuff. Um, So I'm not sure how unstructured it will get today. Um, We kind of like to keep it a little looser in structure to see where the conversation goes for us. Real loose, real loose. (laughs) But we're going to start with this right here. And I actually text Cody earlier today that he was going to hate my top because we have talked about this person before but it has to be brought up her recent performance. Is Ben Simmons back? Long I pause. mean, <laughs> sorry, I, I threw just, my, you can't see it because this is an audio format. I just tossed my pen in the air when he said <laughs> it. I mean. I, I didn't tell him the topic. I just told you you'd hate it. So He did tell me I wouldn't like it. Uh, you hate I it. I would. I don't hate it. I don't love it either. I wouldn't say that Ben Simmons is back, like, but he's like a basketball player again. He's back in the in the building. Like that's kind of cool. <laughs> he like, has he shows playing. up. He shows up to work. Like you know, he's checking all the boxes of what an NBA player is. Yeah. Well, let me give you some stats. Last seven games, thirteen and a half points, seven and seven and a half rebounds. Six assists. I mean, he is. I mean, if you watched him play against the 76ers, which I know didn't have Embiid, Harden, uh, Maxi, but with his return, I believe it was his first return back to Philadelphia after all that went down. And he actually looked like he was trying. And actually, trying Ben Simmons is actually a playable guy, right? Like, his oh, yeah. Offense- his offense still sucks, but he, his defense has never left. When he's he great when he gives a f- 
yeah, when he tries, I mean, he's at right now like a defensive box plus minus. Like he's near top guys in the league. Like he's at like a 2.3 or something like that. And he's just a net negative on offense. But he has been really good defensive player, which is I think the reason why the Nets got in the first place, right, was for defense. Mm-hmm. So everybody has kind of been smashing on the Nets for that trade because and for of James Harden and, and for James Harden's fair. Um, but they made that trade for the defensive side of it and everyone's smashing Nets like, oh, look at this. You still can't defend anybody, blah, blah, blah. And for the general part, the rest of the team doesn't defend. Right. Kyrie doesn't defend. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry mm-hmm. can't defend. Patty Mills can't defend. Joe Harris tries to defend. KD is about the only capable defender on the team when he's trying but he hasn't he hasn't really been super locked in but he's looked more locked in since you know they let go of steve nash um i guess people would say royce o'neill but ben simmons is the best defensive player on the team and that's with him still getting back into shape so would you feel more optimistic about him going forward for the nets or do you think it was just kind of like this is a good week or two weeks for him. He'll go back. He'll have some weird phantom injury. We'll never see him again. Like we have for the past two years. No, I mean, I think, I think he'll continue to play this way. I mean, it just depends. Like, well, it depends on if the Nets crowd like boos him, if they boo mm. him, then like, you know, once or twice, he might be out of there. Cause like, <laughs> you know, you gave me these stats, but like, let me give you, you some stats. Um, his playoff performance in the finals two years ago, and then or not in the finals in the playoffs a couple years ago, that last game, and then uh, eighty-two missed games. Mm. That was that's that was it. I just wanted to put the eighty-two missed games out there. <laughs> um, so you're not really bullish that because like defensive levels right now that he's playing with if he sticks for most of the season at this kind of defensive level, like he could make an all defensive team. Is that insane? Yeah. Would Like, is that crazy that we, like, am I nuts for saying that's, is that a hot take? I guess is what I should say. I don't think, that's a, hot take. I don't think that's a hot take, but let me tell you something that my grandmother told me. Mm. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So I got to see this for a full year before I'm ready to commit to saying that Ben Simmons is back. Ben Simmons is a def- you know defensive whatever. It's all possible. It's possible that I could go try out for a G League team tomorrow and make it, but not probable. <laughs> I like the uh, the grandma's analogy. Uh, because we are definitely in that second stage, the fool me twice stage. Yeah, we've, uh, we've passed the fool me once. We, like, we we love Ben Simmons. Well, love's a strong word. But love is a I strong have... word, but at the, at the beginning, we really liked Ben Simmons, and then he just wouldn't shoot a basketball, and this, which is a weird thing for an NBA player to not do. Yeah, I agree completely. I have always been a defender of Ben Simmons, but he's really lost me the past two years. But to me, his... He's still a usable NBA player for his size and his defense, his playmaking. I mean, he can get a rebound and just outlet pass it like old school Kevin Love, right? Well, I mean, like, we're like, if we're just going usable NBA player, like that's a pretty low bar, right? Compared to other players in the league. 
that's fair. Maybe that maybe I'm just keeping him to a lower standard for what I'm expecting for him to like, be another who, back who issue is on, or who are his peers to you? Like who is he on the level of? When you think of Ben Simmons, if if you were to trade Ben Simmons for someone of equal value, like just a straight up uh, trade, no money involved or anything like that, who do you think would be a fair trade for Ben Simmons right now? Kelly Oubre, Draymond Green. What would it be a fair trade? I mean, I think both teams are getting hosed, but I mean, I think, <laughs> I think Ben Simmons probably is probably like now would look like he had more upside, but it's also, I still am on the side of like, but prove it to me. Like how many, ga- how many yeah. games in the season are we? Maybe like what? 20, 20, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Most teams so, are 20, I think. Cool. A quarter, like he needs to play as many games as he missed before I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's totally fair. I just want I, I knew you'd hate it coming back off of Thanksgiving break. So I wanted to uh get you right up. I think okay. it's a worthwhile I think it's a worthwhile thing to think about because like you know, looking ahead at his trajectory, it's definitely like I said, all things are possible. But I just yeah. like I need to see him like cool. You're doing really great through the first 20 games of the season. The season is like 82 games, and there's not like a whole lot of firepower on that team outside of Seth Curry for scoring and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons. So like he's going to have to like help shoulder a lot of the load. Yeah. And how much throughout the entire season and how much is, how much is that going to wear on him? How much is he going to be able to handle the mental pressure of it? Like, like, I mean, all jokes aside, like that's a real question that I have. Like, is he going to be able to like, you know, mentally and like physically be able to keep up whether it's his back or his brain like be able to keep up with what's going on and throughout the regular season and all the you know i know it's not he's not playing for the knicks but he is still in new york so yeah yeah i i think it's just the fact that he's starting to look somewhat like the guy from three years ago where it's like oh Maybe it's the thought that, well, maybe it's not a complete sunk cost for the Nets. Maybe that there would be a team who might be interested, like with the Denver Nuggets, who are kind of falling off on defense. You know, we get midpoint of the season, like, look, we've got a bunch of wings and stuff, but nobody can really stop anything. Maybe, like, Ben's been playing okay. Maybe he would fit well beside Jokic for us. So maybe it's like the idea that other teams are kind of saying that, maybe this is a guy that can still provide something for us uh, because he has just such an avert role now, which is create and transition and play good defense rebound for us. Um, And so, yeah, to kind of end that, to move into your topic, it's like the prove it to me thing, I think is the most important part because if we were to put a bet on, do you think Ben Simmons is still playing on the NBA team in two years? Would you say yes or more likely to say no? How long is his contract? <laughs> Just like, do you, do you expect I mean, I would Ben say Simmons yes. to play? Do you, do you expect Ben yes. Simmons to play another two hundred NBA games in his career? Would you yeah, believe I that you get that out of him? Yeah, I think so. But I also like, okay. but how, over how many years? Because I mean, like, if you gave me yeah. like an over under for how many games he's going to pull, like, what would you set the what would you set the line at for an over under? <laughs> 
no idea but it's like 50 right like yeah 55 maybe i would probably take the under on that every time yeah yeah and that like every year so i mean he might play 200 he probably will play 200 more nba games but it might take him five years to get there yeah all right let's get into your topic that was meant to rile you up a little bit so let's Mm -hmm, let's mm -hmm. let's keep the ball rolling here oh this is gonna rile you up oh this is gonna rile you up um (laughs) so speaking of setting lines and over unders this is something that i've been thinking about a lot lately um as it pertains to sports and just you know nba specifically but sports in general right is the constant promotion of gambling and different props and things like that with everything being sponsored by DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff like that are these things good for the NBA specifically or sports in general cuz i think they're like on the fr- like initially when you think about it you're like man this is fun this is awesome this is great there's like you know it's the game within the game that you can kind of like do yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, at what point, like, there's so much money involved. At what point does that, like, start to creep into the actual sports? Because I feel like the right. money's going to get so big at some point that it has to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a massive amount of money right now, and it still feels like we're barely scratching the surface. But it is interesting because you have players, some players who admit to it that they're aware of what their, you know, player problem is. Well, what made me think of this was I saw a video of like a college player that was like yelling at his other teammates that like we need we have to cover. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like I saw that too. Yeah. Which like that, like, I mean, it was funny. I laughed at it at first, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, why does he, I mean, like, I know that maybe, you know, he probably is gambling on himself because he's a college student and probably doesn't have like a big NIL deal, but, you know, right. maybe now he will with FanDuel because he, you know, said we have to cover. Yeah, I think the biggest question is like the integrity, right? Like, right. how how does the NBA monitor police integrity of that? It doesn't really seem like they can. Like the NFL made that big statement with Calvin Ridley for suspending him mm-hmm. for playing on his own Falcons team. I think it was like what twelve hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. I may be getting that number wrong, but it was a low number for an NBA, not, for an not, NFL player. Right. It yeah, was not it a lot of cheese. It wasn't hundreds of thousands of dollars that he was supplementing his, you know, NFL salary with. Um but it feels like if you want to bet on it, you there's many ways to get around it, right? So, oh yeah, it becomes about the policing of it. And I'm what not stops sure. your barber from from playing on his Fanduel account? You know, and yeah, yeah. You know, oh, like free haircuts. Yeah, yeah. They 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 say I'm gonna get four and a half rebounds tonight. I'm gonna get six or seven for you sal you know like i yeah I, I just assume all barbers are named sal apparently but well uh they might be the integrity part is all italians i don't think adam silver and the nba really have a plan for that yet because they haven't had a big moment right, right. um there will come a situation eventually to where there will be you know kind of obvious point shaving quote unquote or prop shaving i guess is a <laughs> phrase we can coin um but uh 
I'm just not sure if the NBA is going to turn like they're definitely not turning a blind eye to money and more eyes on their sport. Right. Right. Absolutely. If the like I play mostly player props on NBA stuff now, like I I don't even hardly play games anymore because you just Mm -hmm. never know who's sitting and who's playing that there's no continuity with it. So the only thing that you can reliably get is just looking at player prop lines because you actually know that they're likely to play. Um, but it just gets eyes on the game. And I think the NBA is not going to turn down anybody that's going to put eyes on their basketball game, right? Because it's all about right. the media deal. So I'm not sure what happens when a scandal actually happens. Um, I, I just... I personally think that it's probably not great for the game to where all the fans that are watching it are just a bunch of degenerates uh, because what kind of fan base is that, right? Well, this leads to my next question. Okay. Finish your thought, but that's like a perfect like segue into the next thing. Okay, because it kind of leads me to believe like you want diehard NBA fan base right? You want, you want generational fans, pass it on to their kids and all that kind of stuff. Actually go to the games. And if all of a sudden a decent chunk of your viewership is just people trying to win bets, there's no loyalty there, you know? Now that can kind of cross over the conversation with, well, there's no player loyalty, why, no team loyalty, why should I care anyways? And that's a fair point too. Um, but I think that but I think that I think the betting loyalty like is much more like with the wind than player loyalty. Yeah, that's fair. And it's probably such a low number anyways that it doesn't matter, right? At least right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it became like 15 to 20 percent of the viewership, and then I don't know even how, how you would even measure that, but let's just say, right. for instance, it is something like that. And then you do have a scandal, and then the NBA is like, yeah, you know what? We're going to start tightening down, locking down on this kind of stuff. And they either get away of some betting, you only get specific amounts, or they lower the odd payouts like FanDuel did this year with all their prop stuff. You can't hit those huge lotto home run tickets anymore. You've got to combine all this crazy stuff to get a lottery ticket. Um, Then you lose that viewership base because they'll move on to something else, right? So it's fickle, I think, but I don't know if it'll eventually get so large to where like the NBA is just not going to turn it down. They're going to take it until something terrible happens. Um, And I mean, terrible happens for the NBA is what? Like Steph Curry misses a three on purpose instead of winning it to win a playoff game. Like what is the worst case scenario, you know, where it would be just an absolutely massive deal for you? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think like, I mean, you just think back to like some of the Donaghy stuff. I mean, like I know the, the we're still talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kings Lakers is always brought up. We're still talking about it. Gambling wasn't even legal then. Like, yeah, I mean, the refs like they do okay but like that's also another area where it would be super easy for someone to be like hey like you want a bunch of money to do this to you know call some extra fouls on this team tonight yeah like i mean 
I just like there's a I feel like there's a lot of different ways, and I always think about the refs as like the most vulnerable part of it because like they I've look I think they make like it's near two hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that. Mm. Um, if I, I haven't checked correctly. ref salaries salaries in a while, but it feels I, like yeah. we've had a bigger influx of newer like younger refs lately. Yeah, right? there's a lot of there's a lot of new refs. There's a lot of older refs that have retired and stuff like that. So it's just it's not something that I'm like, I'm not trying to be like a super Debbie downer or anything, but it's just something that I've been thinking about. And like, my next thing is like, kind of, kind of going with your point of like, when everything becomes about gambling. So like the halftime shows and like not halftime shows kind of suck anyway, but just like (laughs) any like NBA analysis, it seems like now feels a lot like it's just geared towards the gambling, which I get is like a lot of like the sponsorship for like a lot of the, a lot of the sporting events and a lot of like the shows and stuff like that are typically sponsored by DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, you know, pick up Caesars Palace, whatever it is. Um, if they're sponsored by somebody. And so I like, I'm my question, my follow-up question is like for all of sports, do you think this weakens the level of like analysis and critical thought that is like put into the actual like sport itself and like you know do you lose the people like uh like announcers like you know john madden or somebody like that who's gonna like really explain the game um you know or is everything gonna be not everything obviously there's always gonna still be analysis and stuff like that but is that stuff just gonna continue to move more and more do you think that stuff's gonna continue to move more and more towards gambling analysis because there's so much money tied to it and interest because of it yeah i i definitely think it's here to stay i don't think it's going anywhere until they get banned from being sponsors for whatever reason but it wouldn't bother me if they were a mix of gambling experts mixed with actual nba experts right like I don't need Charles Barkley to be pitching no sweat parlay bets to me. Like, yeah, that like, is just not what I'm looking for from Charles Barkley. Like, I'm not going to play what he's saying. Um, if I, I would just have run one or the other, like if you pair JJ Reddick up with someone who was like a gambling expert at like odds, probabilities, like what the numbers are saying, I might be interested in that because they would probably go back and forth with each other. But, I'm not interested by news anchor halftime guys, which is what these so, guys are now. They're just reading a teleprompter. So one thing that I was, so one thing that I'm, I'm thinking uh, like the more I've thought about this, you know, we have the Manning cast and we have, you know, different yeah. things for football where you can kind of get different, you know, you can kind of get different takes on what different styles of announcing or whatever. You can watch games on Nickelodeon. I think if you want sometimes. Yeah. I can love uh, that. One. I keep asking when the slime game's coming. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm think like, is this something that you think will eventually there will be so many different there will just be different feeds. There will be like like it'll be like ESPN gambling feed and then it'll be like the ESPN like pure sports feed and then the combo feed. Like, do you think that we'll ever get to a point where like because everything is like so so streamable? And it's so easy to just like everything has so much like customization. Basically, you can choose what you want. Do you think we'll ever get to that point? Uh, I don't know if it'll get that niche of a streaming audience because I feel like they just put the odds and stuff 
with the letterhead on national broadcast is just because it has more eyes on it, right? It's just self-promotion and self-advertising. So I I don't know if it makes sense for like ESPN or TNT to have like a separate feed devoted just to looking at the numbers and analysis. Um, I think it's more about just getting the most eyeballs on the FanDuel heading or DraftKings heading or BetMGM commercial, you know? So well, what I, if like what if FanDuel or somebody just goes, Haral Bob, we're hiring you to do NBA. Uh, you're doing an NBA show. Like you're it's basically gonna you're not gonna have to go to the games. You just can sit wherever you want and you're just gonna do like analysis through the eyes of a gambler the whole time. Mm, of what you would look for as it was with happening. With JJ Reddick. Yeah. I mean, I personally probably watch something like that. <laughs> right. But like but, but do you think that that would viewership base large enough to where it would make sense for them? That makes sense. I just that's just something I've been, I was thinking about with that. Like if that yeah. was something that like you know because there there are definitely people who are like I don't care about gambling. Like I'm not yeah. I don't care about what the line is. I just want to watch the game and I want to know like who's gonna you know yeah have the best who's gonna run the pick and roll the best tonight or like you know who's gonna when the battle of the board, you know, whatever thing you're interested in in the basketball game, like that's what you're interested in over like, yeah. well, you know, 70% of the time, Jason Tatum gets his, gets the over on rebounds against the spread. Like, yeah, you know, like that, <laughs> you say that to like a 12 year old's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, So yeah, I don't know. That's just something that I think about. Like, I mean, if I wasn't like for, I mean, if I didn't listen to like the Bill Simmons podcast and wasn't friends with you, I wouldn't like necessarily understand all the gambling terms and stuff like that because I don't gamble that often. But yeah, I yeah, get I, it. So I know what's going on and I can, you know, follow what they're saying. But like for someone like, you know, my wife or someone who doesn't understand gambling, like when they're talking about all that, she's like, what does that even mean? Like, and then, yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I think it's an interesting topic. I, I think it's fun to talk about because there's, it feels like there's an uh, infinite amount of ways that this could go with states, more and more states making it legal and adding more and more users, just influx of billions and billions of dollars. Um, yep. That's something that eventually is going to happen and what will be the repercussion from that. So, uh, good topics right there for the NBA this week. So that's kind of cigarettes of our time. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, that's kind of how it's gonna be for us on this network. We're going to be uh, we're gonna have our Grizzly stuff, which we're going to get here in a second with the matchups this week. But the beginning is going to be kind of general NBA stuff. We'll hit different stuff. We we'll each have topics. We'll have games. Um, have breaking news stuff like that so uh that's how it's gonna be so hope you enjoyed that discussion we enjoyed talking about that we didn't get too off track so that's pretty good for us but we still have a little bit to go so it's never too late Mm -hmm. for us um but to get to the first game they play the minnesota timberwolves this wednesday in minnesota the timberwolves are currently 10 and 10 which is a great summation for this team if you're talking about them at all this is basically a 500 the most average team in the NBA that you could possibly find stats wise and just watching them visually. Um, They do play the Washington wizards tonight. So they will have just a day of rest coming home. 
So usually I like a little bit of the team that, you know, has played the most recently um, for this, but the Grizzlies have been pretty good coming off of two days rest so far this season. So I'm expecting a pretty high energy game. The other thing with the Timberwolves, they're five and six at home this year. Uh, not exactly defending the home court very well so far, averaging about 115 points per game. Like we said, they're about average 19th in offensive rating. They're like 14th or 15th in defensive rating, which is, you know, kind of backwards to what we expect with Rudy Gobert, right? They added Rudy Gobert, and yep. we think, oh, this is a top 10 defense by himself. Well, not quite so fast, at least yet early in the season. Uh, but we, to kind of hit it off with, talking about the Timberwolves a little bit over the summer on our previous feed you probably go back and find that episode we talked about after the trade I think you were more confused on why they would do this it just didn't make sense Anthony Edward was a guy why would you put a big guy like Rudy Gobert in his way and with Carl Anthony yeah. Towns they wanted to surround him with a guy like another big man it just the spacing didn't make sense but no, I was the one in the shooters yeah, and that's the thing that I was, I didn't see in the summer, right? Is I was overacting to just what it looked like on paper, which is the fault of most of us, right? We see things on paper like, well, that could be really good. Uh, and so I was well, I mean, in the what, 1980s on paper, this is the perfect team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great point because I thought this team was going to be definitely going over 50 wins. And then a couple months later, as we're doing more of our deep dives into when we got into our personal rankings for how we thought the season would play out, I just kept looking at this roster and thinking, man, there just is not a lot of shooting on this team. Like you've got D'Angelo Russell, who's kind of more of a rhythm player, right? Like he's got to get going into front. He's not just a knockdown shooter like a Joe Harris type, which maybe that's a bad reference because Joe Harris isn't exactly killing it right now. Um, but he's just not a standstill, you know, just knock down wide open threes. Like he's a rhythm kind of feeling it guy. And Jade mm -hmm. McDaniels certainly isn't that guy. Now, Jade McDaniels might not be playing. He's been day to day with a non COVID illness. So the flu seems to be going around pretty rampant all over the United States. And so we'll see if he'll be back by Wednesday. But I mean, basically, the best shooting on the team is Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. And that's really it. So yeah, it's a rough is, spot to be in. Is there any way for you that this team could improve or maybe surprise the Grizzlies on Wednesday? Just being overly physical with them? I, like I don't know. Like I don't. I don't really see much out of this Minnesota team where I think they could turn it around and they could get back to meet expectations, which was mid forties to high forties win total for this year. Um, like. What is it for this team that you think is going wrong or could be done differently that could change the outlook of their season so far? Um, well, I think what's going wrong is there's too many people that are big on the court. Mm. Uh, run the pick and roll with – have Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns out there and just run pick and roll. And just, just run pick and roll. And if you're running pick and roll with Gobert, can. yeah. And if you're running pick and roll with Gobert, put Carl Anthony Towns like you know down in the corner. I'm sure they do. I mean, I know that they probably do this every now and then. But put Carl Anthony Towns down in the corner so you have someone to kick out to. That gives you like a three option pick and roll. Yeah, 
And like, Rudy Gobert, I mean, on pick and roll stuff that he's done this year, like he's trying to take people one on one, which is, I mean, mostly has failed. Yeah, but, don't do that. Maybe just run, maybe just get Rudy Gobert off the fucking court and go offense defense with Carl Anthony Towns. Mm, maybe just, just do go that. Back to just what it was before. Yeah, just go back to what it was before and then let Rudy Gobert do the Russell Westbrook thing and be the leader off the bench, be the sixth man of the year. Like yeah, come I, in and hold down the defense and like help out the young guys while Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards take a little breather. Or just, you know, let him and Carl Anthony Towns like take turns. I don't know. I just I think the issue is there's not enough spacing on this team. And if there were more spacing than like Anthony, I just they need more spacing. The, yeah. the putting like two big guys out there, not that Carl Anthony Towns is always at the basket, but like let him be at the basket. Yeah. Like he can do he can take guys one on one. He has a couple post moves, but Rudy Gobert doesn't. Like he's not an offensive threat. And he can't guard guys out on the perimeter. He can't get back. Yeah, I like I think the biggest problem for this team is obviously the spacing, but D'Angelo Russell has just been flat out bad, right? And yeah. they already kind of shot their wad with the Rudy Gobert trade, whereas they should have really tried to do something in the summer upgrading D'Angelo Russell. Um, yeah, just I, get a just get a guy that is a point guard. Yeah, I I after looking back at it, like the immediate reaction was like, oh, that makes sense. Go do Gobert defense. Cat can just stay around the perimeter and shoot. Uh, but of course, it's not junior high basketball where you can just do that. Just sit around and stand guy in the paint uh, yeah my three-man pick and roll thing was like pretty rudimentary at, like, you know <laughs> as far as like the idea behind it so they should have here's what the Timberwolves should have done instead now I don't know how they would have upgraded D'Angelo Russell who they could have targeted but they need more of a ball control setup guy right and there's certainly a couple of those guys in the VA that maybe teams would have been interested in D'Angelo Russell but Maybe they're just kind of stuck. Maybe they tried to kick the tires on a D'Angelo Russell trade and no one was interested. And so this was their alternative. Well, we'll take Rudy Gobert and put someone on the front uh, back line with Carl Anthony Towns and give him a break when the move that should have been done was getting rid of D'Angelo Russell and trying to upgrade their guard spot. Because that, that to me in the playoffs was their big problem, right? Carl Anthony Towns kept fouling out all the time, but do I really want to make a huge, massive trade on my franchise, leverage my franchise so that I have a guy who's maybe Carl Anthony Towns, like foul out insurance in the post? That's just not a smart move. The smarter move, which failed them the most, I thought, in the playoffs against the Grizzlies last year was the guard play. And D'Angelo Russell just absolutely failed them. And when their backup Jordan McLaughlin came in and was awesome, like they were tough to beat. So they just made the wrong position choice to try to upgrade. So you said that like maybe maybe someone kicked the tires on him or whatever. But like, what did what did Utah get back for Donovan Mitchell? Oh, I don't need like it's uh, the rookie. Oh Lord, I can't even remember that. Colin right Sexton. Now. Colin Sexton, that's right. The rookie they just got, Ochai Abaji. Couple picks, swaps, I think. Future picks. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the entire deal. Okay, no, I'm not either. But like, what I'm, but the point I'm making is, what did Cleveland give them that you that Minnesota couldn't have? Like, Minnesota was able to get Rudy Gobert. Why couldn't they get Donovan Mitchell for mm. D'Angelo Russell? Like that trade's there. Yeah, that makes much more sense. I don't know if maybe. Uh, then you, you have Donovan Mitchell, this- Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. Like the defense on that on paper sounds abysmal. But like, but uh, who's stopping it? Right, exactly. But who, who's going to stop them? And like, but and Donovan Mitchell's actually been kind of decent on defense this year. Yeah. So just ask the know. Cavaliers how that that trade. Yeah, that trade's working out real work, real well for them. They're like, in so, the East now. Yeah. So I, that's <clears throat> I think that's kind of my like biggest issue, you know, with the Timberwolves. Like in retrospect, is like. Why go for there were two guys that were like clearly something was going to happen with one or both of them. So, like, why not just be like, hey, we got this D'Angelo Russell guy. What do you think about this? I mean, maybe they didn't want to trade with a team in the West for Donovan Mitchell. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's something that was maybe it was a Donovan Mitchell thing. I'm I don't know. But like Cleveland's not that much warmer than. Minneapolis, just saying. Yeah, well, I mean, if that were the case, they still traded. It's like they sabotaged Minnesota. Like, no, not Donovan. How about Rudy? And because they weren't worried about him being. Does Danny Ainge have an axe to grind with Minnesota? (laughs) The deeper investigative points of free basketball we get into here later. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, but yeah, we're not really sure what's going on at the Timberwolves. I don't think they know what they're doing. Uh, Chris Finch, who was, you know, like, Everybody was really excited for him last year for just playing super fast. I think he's having a hard time trying to figure out how this is going to work out and who he's going to play and who he's not going to play. Um, and if McDaniels is out, that's just another rotation player that who's not a great shooter, but at least the guy could play defense. So um, this is a team that's not really going anywhere right now. Not saying it can't turn around, but the only way it's really going to turn around for this team is they just start getting hot from three-point line and from the field right? Like this is the 26th team in the NBA in three-point percentage. So if you're going to see a marketed improvement in the Minnesota Timberwolves where you start winning games, I think you can directly look at three-point percentage. And if it goes north, then they're going to start winning games. And that's about as simple as we can make it for them. So we're excited for the game on Wednesday, expecting the Grizzlies win there. Might be a little tough at the beginning with the rest factor, but they'll knock the rust off. And uh, I think they'll beat the Timberwolves um in another um kind of rivalry game as what it's kind of become a little bit between them but getting to the final team the philadelphia 76ers um they are without like we said earlier as of right now we're recording this on monday uh we don't know if any of these guys are going to be back from their injuries now we know for sure that maxi's not going to be back but Embiid has like a foot sprain harden has some sort of foot sprain i think as well don't expect them to play on Friday, but you just never know. So that's the caveat with that. 76ers do play the Atlanta Hawks tonight, and they play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. Shorthanded, they could be kind of tired after having that week and coming on here to play the Grizzlies. But they're 11-9 and nine right now, middling as you could be. They're 5-4 and four on the road. They've actually been okay on the road, averaging about 112 points per game. Fourth in defensive rating which is not what I would have expected for this team. 
Now they just had some recent easy wins over the back-to-back wins over the Orlando Magic, where I don't think the Orlando Magic broke a hundred points each time, um, which could certainly help out early in the season with your defensive rating. Now, to be fair, the Magic, I think one of them they scored 103, but the other one was like 90. Um, so that can certainly help out your defensive rating. But so far, what they've been throwing out there as a starting lineup, it's the it's the Tobias Harris show. Um, they got P.J. Tucker out there not scoring, Montrez Harrell, D'Anthony Melton, Shake Milton. So it's kind of been like if Shake Milton and Tobias Harris are going, they're probably in the game. Uh, if D'Anthony Melton is throwing something in, then they probably win the game. So the bench, of course, is Paul Reed, George's Nang, Daniel House, Furkan Korkmaz. So is there any threat that you think of the 76ers coming in here and just playing hard and surprising the Grizzlies who may have been, who may kind of feel like ha- fat and happy. You know, if they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday, that'll be three wins in a row against, mm-hmm. you know, okay quality opponents. Um, do you think they could be falter? Like instead of winning their fourth in a row, they drop that one because they're just overlooking. Or do you think the D'Anthony Melton factor coming back home for the first time will actually have them motivated? to be like, sorry, we miss you, buddy, but we're going to kill you now to see what it's like from the outside. Uh, I definitely think that – I think the Grizzlies are going to give them the we're going to kill you now treatment. Okay. That's just kind of like – they'll be like, hey, like we love you and everything, but like watch this. Yeah. Like the Grizzlies just like – that group just kind of – especially with Ja. Like, I mean, I know they gave up the lead last night and everything and ended up coming back and winning. Um like they just seem like they just kind of have that mindset. It feels like they just like try to run through the wall every time. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I, think I think that's. A, yeah, I think it could be like a, a scoring game, like the Knicks, right? Like even though the 76ers right now are fourth in defensive rating, I certainly would not say a front line of PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Montrose Harrell. Is certainly going to keep John Moran out of the lane. <laughs> yeah. So to me, the Grizzlies only lose this game if they're just shooting poor. Like that's the only thing to me that they could. That's the only reason why they would lose this game. And the 76ers just out hustle them. Like it just feels like an old school, like pickup game. Like who's the, who has the guy who offensive rebounds a lot and pick up basketball is usually the one that wins pickup basketball. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's what this kind of game boils down to for me. I mean, I really am not expecting Tobias Harris to have a lot of success against Dylan Brooks. Um, he's been doing like 22 to 24 points per game since those Embiid, Maxine Harden have been out. But I, I'm certainly not counting on Shake Milton. Like, I, I think this could be, I think this has real potential to be a blowout. Um, and you know, relative terms for an NBA blowout is you know, 15 plus would probably be what I consider is a blowout. Um, but this is before this last game for the 76ers is their last game on Friday before a two day break. So I don't know if they're looking forward after a long week playing the Hawks, um, playing the Cavs, and then you know, just a day of rest in between with travel, I believe. Um, if they're looking forward to another two days off 
which I think they play the Houston Rockets two days later in Houston. So they might be like, yeah, let's just kind of get out of here, rest for a couple days, and then we'll smack the Rockets around. Um, so I, I don't, I certainly see a blowout. I don't think the Grizzlies let that one slip away. I think they're two and zero this week, um, or have a three and zero week, I guess, with the Knicks happening last night. So I think it could be a good week after everyone thought the earth was falling in when they went one and four previously. But saw some Desmond Bain woman up stuff in the pregame of the Knicks, so that is encouraging. Maybe he will be back. By Friday, maybe he looks forward to playing against old teammate De'Anthony Melton. We're not really sure, but um, it should be a good week nonetheless. So that will wrap us up here for free basketball this week. Cody, do you have anything you would like to plug for next time or anything on your mind that needs to be shared I, with the people? I mean, the thing that I have on my mind that we really all need to hear is you need to press that subscribe button. Mm. You need to like this pop this podcast you need to rate this podcast yeah and then in the words of uh danny d or whatever danny <laughs> g danny drain pipe um <laughs> i'm trying to think of some other ones but anyway in the words of danny you need to go grab your grandmother's phone and you need to <laughs> sneak in there and you need to subscribe to your pot the podcast on there we're uh you know don't actually do that that's don't sneak into anybody's <laughs> phone just tell them about it word of mouth's great we love word of mouth so just tell everybody about this podcast and how awesome it is it's fantastic tell your mom tell your son tell your brother tell your wife and your <laughs> sister but don't tell your father and <laughs> yeah just do that just keep it on the keep it on the dl from dad all right <laughs> Great uh, plug there. If you don't know who Danny G or Danny Drainpipe is, that is one Daniel Greer. A few of his nicknames that Cody has given him throughout the years together podcasting. Um, and you know Daniel does the Grizz 901 podcast, which we, they're doing great things over there. Keep continuing to subscribe and watch episodes that come out. Sometimes I'm on there. It depends. You know, a little busy with basketball right now. So uh, I can be on there when I can. But him, Nate, Chris, Luke, the whole, everybody, Ian, everybody at Grizzly, DC, doing great things for the Memphis Grizzlies, No Bluffing Podcast, just keep paying attention to the feed. Tune in. Let us know what you think. We want to improve. We want to be like the Grizzlies and keep getting better, right? Um, until we're the best in the West. Uh, so thanks for tuning in this week. Hope everybody has another good week, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye.